I'm Noah Kagan, and welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour with Jack and Graham. And I think your show in the past 100 episodes have done about a quarter million dollars. That's really good. That's a fantastic guess. Yeah. $214,535. That was pretty good. good. Pretty yeah, good. Not, the, not the closest, but reasonable. So, okay. well, thank you so much for coming on. Jack has actually prepared his own intro for this. Yeah, we're going to start <laughs> this off. Guns a-blazing, okay? Uh, Idolnetworth.com says you're worth $190 billion. <laughs> Oh, yeah. With a like billion dollars. Okay. <laughs> Techie Gamer says you're worth 45 million with an M. And Digital Net Worth says you're worth 3 million. Ouch. Yeah. Can you clear up all of this confusion? Because we have these websites that say people are worth these amounts. They have no idea what they're talking about. Or do they? Yeah. I think what's interesting about net worth is there's different types of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So there's cash worth entrepreneurs, like how much cash you actually have in the bank, how much liquid money. Mm -hmm. And so. I think my personal bank has like 1.5 million cash right now. Mm -hmm. And I can show we can show you guys that I'm no problem. Uh, but the net worth is, is challenging on the other side of that is if you have a company, you have equity. So we have AppSumo.com. Um, this year we'll do about 100 to 120 million. So how much is that company worth? Quarter billion, billion, and then I own about 60%. Ballpark net worth. I, I look at it mostly from cash. I actually don't look at the equity. Probably somewhere around 25 million. 25 million. Not bad. <laughs> not bad no, at all. Not, no, not no, too no. shabby. Yeah, not good. including the equity of AppSumo. Got it. Not including the equity of AppSumo. Oh, wait. And not including mortgages. So I, when, Interesting. Do, when, I do, yeah. when I do my net worth, it's yeah. like, how much is my house worth? How much is my mortgage? And then Got that's it. what my net worth is. And you just assume the company could be worth nothing and anything extra as a bonus, I yes. take it? Yeah. It's a smart way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't pay bills with effort. Well, yeah. you're clearly doing extremely well. Let's go through your story and yeah. figure out how you got to this point. And then we can talk about that $25 million net worth. What's that's comprised of and everything Yeah. in a bit. Sure. Where do you want to start? Well, first of all, I love your videos where you go up to people's houses, just random people knock on their door and say, how did you make a million dollars? And it seems like from those videos, you've always been an entrepreneur. Has that yeah. always been the case since the very beginning? Um, yeah. 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 I was always trying to like finagle, you know, in the finagle. Yiddish. Yeah. Finagle. It's a, Yiddish it's a great word. word. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like go to Costco and buy the candy bars and then take them to school and try to arbitrage on them. You just, did that. Yeah. You're one of those kids. Just one of those kids. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of done that. Like, it's just like yeah. intrinsically in me. Like, I love money. Like, yeah. I've always, and now I'm just trying to enjoy it, which is actually kind of a hard thing. Because like, when you make it, it's, it's fun to make, but then actually spend it and enjoy it is, a, it's a process. Yeah. That's interesting. How much were you making selling candy? Because kids in my school would get in trouble for doing <laughs> yeah. that. I never understood that. They'd come and like, you'd buy a Snickers bar for $2 that they bought for like a dollar. I thought it was a good business. They were helping everyone out. Like they took initiative and they were the ones like getting their candy taken away or like, you know, call their parents and be like, yeah. no, they're selling candy illegally at school. Like what's the... <laughs> Well, it's kind of interesting yeah. to think about what's the best way to parent. Like, I don't have any kids yet or anything mm -hmm. like that. But like, how do you encourage people on your team or kids to actually go and like push the boundaries and like break rules? Yeah. Because a lot of what we're taught is like how to follow. So it's like, how do you untrain or unlearn those things? So uh, how much I make selling candy? I don't know. Not a lot. Okay. The first money I started making was in college. So when I started first, just like starting as many businesses as I could. What type of businesses mm -hmm. did you start in college? Um, I started a site called comegetused.com. What? Uh, it was a book exchange for used books. Come get used. <laughs> yeah. Come get used. Well, I'm thinking like, that. okay, yeah, could have gone, yeah, could've yeah, gone could've sounded, different ways. Yeah. Okay, sure. I just, I was just like starting a lot of things and it was so cheap to start. So I started a site called everspeed.com. I still have it. It's an import car model website. Okay. So like I just like to import cars and then like these hot models. Um, I did a site called collegeup.org, which was Craigslist for college students. Uh, did ninjacar.com, discount card for students. So I basically was just like starting as many different businesses that I thought was like interesting. Were you a good student? Yeah. Yeah. I was, you are. I went to Berkeley. Um, I don't know how I got in. Yeah. I think I'm like, I'm, I've always thought of myself as like a B plus. 
or A minus. Like I'm doing just enough to get the good grade, but I yeah. don't have to do all the work. You finagled. Finagle. Yeah. You yeah. You finagle. got your way in there. Um, but yeah, I actually, until my senior year, I didn't realize I could like not go to class and still get good grades. Interesting. And then so. what about after college? Didn't you finagle your way into a pretty big company now? Uh, yeah. So yeah. the interesting thing was in college, I didn't know how people figured out what to do for a living. Like, how did you guys figure out your careers? I just <laughs> kind of fell in. For me, it was real estate, but I just knew I wanted to do something for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was just in love with YouTube growing up. I watched it a ton. Yeah. So my whole generation did. And that was like the dream. I didn't think I would ever be in the space, but it was the dream. And somehow it just kind of, it happened. I Jack guess. sent me seven emails in a row. Yeah. Without, without a, or seven? Seven. seven. Without okay. a response. Just, hey, I want to come work for you. It was over like yeah. a, the, the course of like four months. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Four to five months. It's just like emails, dude. I really should. <laughs> yeah. It worked though, right? What, what made you keep going? Um, I... It's, I just wanted it. I don't know. Like I was at this point where I tried so many different careers, right? Careers. I was doing like drop shipping. I created all these different ideas, these plans with my friends, all these businesses. Nothing was stock working Stock trading out. too. Stock trading. I did penny stock trading. Like everything. <laughs> Nothing worked. And this, I haven't tried it yet. And I continually wanted it and I persisted and I just kept going. Yeah. And then he gave me some tasks and I worked as hard as I could at it. Dude, so, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's fascinating to find things we don't quit on. Like what are the yeah. things you're just like, I'm going to keep going forever. Yeah. It's, it's a different kind of want, right? Like you can want things like, oh, I want to make money doing penny stock trading or whatever, but maybe you don't really want it. You're attracted to something else, like the money you could get from it. But with this, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a dream to not necessarily make money from YouTube, but to do YouTube and to like be a, in production and stuff like that. So I guess I want it for different reasons and I wanted it more. Good for you, man. So thank you. Yeah. I wonder what the, what's the difference between you and, and most other people that like have a dream of being a YouTuber or a dream of being a real estate or a dream of being in tech or whatever it is. And then like the reality of like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of hard. Yeah. So that's something that I think people think about it. Like what I always encourage people is like, what are you waking up and doing for free? And then how do you make that your career? Yeah. So for me, it's like, I've been blogging and I, I feel like a dinosaur since I've been blogging since 2000. Mm. Like okdork.com, my blog, it's like been there since the beginning of the internet, but sure. like it's been there for a while. I yeah. love creating content. And um, like what I do at AppSumo.com, I promote, we promote products. Like I just go and find cool products. We get a deal and we like deals mm -hmm. and then we just promote them. And then somehow we make money doing that. Yeah. So yeah, just all along. I think, I think it's really interesting to find the persistence. Like our domain name, sumo.com, it was seven years to get that name. Seven years to get Seven, your domain to name. get the domain. Yeah. One, We're talking AppSumo? We own sumo.com as well. Wow. Yeah, a million and a half dollars. How'd you get that? One half million dollars. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty okay. crazy. Uh, well, first I found out who it was. It was like one of the, not the wealthiest, but a wealthy person in India. He owns a Hindustan Times, the third largest newspaper in India. Okay. And then I basically called, emailed, messaged, slacked. They didn't slack, Skyped for seven years. Mm. And then finally it was like, all right, well, how do I make an amount where they're just going to be like, okay, we have to take this offer. And so at a million and a half dollars, and I structured it interestingly where I gave them half a million up front and then the other million was over five years. So we're still paying it off. $16,000. Yeah. How important was that to get sumo.com? Because I feel like now for domain names, it's not that important. I regret it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather have a million and a half dollars. Yeah. Like you can't live in a domain name. You can live in a house for a million right. and a half. That's true. Um, so yeah, I, but I think it's interesting. What do we persist on? Like, what are you like continually like keep? You're like, all right, I'm just going to go. That's for some it. good advice. Find what you do. Well, for that's why I feel like people need work it. experience. So you're talking about like, how do people in college know what they want to do? I think that's fucking tough. But it, it's difficult going from high school where you're, you're told what to do and what order and like get this task done into college where it's like more of the same, but kind of like on your own a little bit more without that work experience in between. I think people should have mandatory two years. You got to get a job. Anything. Yeah, I would love that. What kind of job? Anything. But just like, hey, you got to work. You got to get two years work experience. You can figure out whatever you want to do. I think within those two years, you'll you'll find out very quickly 
what sort of career you want to go into or like what you maybe gravitate more towards than something else yeah i think as kids like it's not nah, kids but if you're in like your 20 i'm 40 like so i'm like a dinosaur of this internet right i've been doing it for a while and but i think as when you're young it's like start a podcast put yourself out there go find interesting people to be uh be around like when i was in my 20s i worked at intel i had no advantage i didn't have a network i didn't have like any audience or any sorts but i just started hosting things i have a thing called uh community next entrepreneur 27 it was just like events it was just like bringing people together mm. and like that is how it, i built up a network where like Tim Ferriss and I are talking, or Ramit Sethi, who's famous, and like Peter Thiel, like uh, Peter's from Facebook, but like Max Levchin, James Hong from Hot or Not. So all these people was just as like, all right, how do I be around people to see like, what's the buffet of business that I like? Who can I be around? And then how can I use that to figure out my career? Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know, I think my 20s, it was shit. Just like a lot of shit, different, like trying to find out who I am. Didn't you get a, what job did you get right outside of uh, uh My first job out of college was at Intel. Okay. And so that sucked. That was horrible. How, How long were you making? Yeah. Uh, my first paying job was $50,000 a year with health benefits. And how long ago bad. was that? 2004. So it was a pretty solid st like salary. That guy. was pretty yeah. good. I lived in my mom's house. So I was living it's before. Now it's like a cool thing. Now like, yeah. your guys' generation loves living in your parents' <laughs> yeah. house. It's like that's frugal. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're saving was, money. I didn't really yeah. start renting until I was 30. Right. So I lived on floors for a year. Okay. Uh, when I was making $100,000. Uh, I just like lived in my aunt's basement. Like I was just trying to live as cheap as possible so I could do what I really wanted. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I was at Intel not doing shit, but running all these companies, trying to do events and trying to network and mm -hmm. blog and um, that. And I just cold emailed Facebook, uh, my resume. Yeah. And I was like, this is, if, if, if I'm gonna go start a company, but if there's one company to go work at, this is the one I'm really excited about. And so I always think that for especially people earlier in their career, it's like, what are you already doing all day? Like, what are you working on? Like, are you on TikTok all day? Like you're watching YouTube. Mm -hmm. I try to find a job doing the thing you already so for me it was like at that time facebook was so cool i was like oh maybe i can try to get a job here or i'm just going to start my own yeah. company what year was that 2005. wow the very beginning yeah super early so like dustin's there mark's obviously there peter teal's around sean parker yeah sean parker. oh my gosh uh it was insane so yeah i submitted my resume i think one of the things when you're applying for jobs is that uh the bar is so low everyone sucks so much like the bar is just so low to be excellent nowadays you really don't have yeah. to do anything like you can do so little uh, so for me, like I brought mock-ups of Facebook. I'm like, okay, here's your site. Here's what I think you should do. I brought all these examples of work I was doing. And I, even today, like when people are applying jobs at AppSumo, I'm like, did you make a website? Did you do anything creative? Did you follow, like no one follows up. So just do a follow-up even. Yeah. What did you study at Berkeley? So I did CS for two years and then I dropped out because I wasn't smart enough. Hmm. I was like in these classes and I was like, I could probably do a better job managing these people. Right. So let me go and like figure out, just understand it enough. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up majoring in like business economics. But a lot of the companies that you were running while in college, like you said, you had like seven or so of them. They that that would require to create those companies because they're all digital, like some CS knowledge. You did that all. Yeah, yourself? I would just hack. It was just super mm -hmm. hacky. I mean, mm -hmm. I would hack like WordPress or hack PHP. Yeah. Also, did any of those businesses that you ran in college, did they go anywhere or were they profitable <laughs> at the time? Um, so one of the ones that I, I think it's trying to look for, like, what's the like what's the market inefficiency? So if you're doing like advertising, like where is the market that no one else is advertising on? Like TikTok ads, they're pretty early now. Yeah. And people are starting to do it. So I think that's an advantage. Uh, for me, I was a senior and there's all these freshmen there. I was like, huh, there's all these freshmen that want internships and jobs. So maybe I could actually just like hire them for cheap and then go to local stores and be like, hey, we'll do your marketing to the college. And I use these like, you know, freshmen. So that actually made a few thousand. But and I, when I think about businesses, like you just gotta be in the ocean. You gotta be in the game. Right? You got to be on the surfboard in the ocean. And so for me, by doing that, that led to us creating Ninja Card. And Ninja Card was this like one of the guys named Kenny was like, hey, what, why don't we do a discount card instead of like going and pitching these businesses? We have a discount card. Um, and so because we were already active doing that, we led to the discount card. And that ended up doing $50,000 the first year. Hmm. So what was the process like for interviewing at Facebook? Submitting my resume cold. Yeah. So I just saw like on the job description, sent in the resume. 
uh, had one recruiter phone call, second recruiter phone call, and then I came into the office. Uh, the interview there was with Dustin Moskovitz, founder of Asana, co-founder of Facebook. Uh, my boss, Doug Hirsch, founder of GoodRx. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one or two other people. And it was just showing mock-ups, talking about Facebook, like, what do you want to work on? It was just like, hey, you're gonna be a product manager. I don't even, still don't know what that means. We have a few at AppSumo. Yeah. I'm like, what do you guys do here? But they're great. I, I, and then they're like, you want to come build products at Facebook? There wasn't much more to that. It was just like, chatted with them, showed up what I already did. I think one of the things when you're hiring someone, it's what is your confidence level of how likely they're gonna be able to do the job? Mm -hmm. So by showing mock-ups, by showing I've already built a lot of college businesses, by showing like I'm very active doing this stuff, the confidence for them is like, all right, well, you can come in and build stuff at the website. Yeah. How was your payback then with Facebook? Because I, I take it then they didn't have that much money. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't profitable. Um, I think they were just closing the Series A with Excel. Uh, two things were really interesting about that. They offered me, they're like, do you want 60000 and more equity or 65000 less equity? And I was like, I don't even want pay. I just want equity. Like, I would have worked for free and just more yeah. equity. Because I was like, this is going to be gigantic. What was their valuation? Um, at that time, as a about they raised 20 on 100 so around 100 million dollars give or take yeah wow yeah. holy cow. Yeah. so it was pretty yeah. and then what was really crazy there's some, a lot of crazy moments about working there first crazy moment was like my first day on the job i walk in and uh doug hirsch who's my boss is walking out and i'm like hey is there orientation like what happens like i was just at intel where it's like sexual harassment training oh, and like this training yeah. and this training i walk in and doug walks out and then mark comes up to me he's like oh, i just fired your boss today grab a laptop get a desk i'll see you in a bit that was day one. So that was pretty wild. Why did he get fired? Um, he wanted to sell. So the other part of those are interesting. And Mark, and think about, you guys are, how old are you guys? 23. 32. Yeah. 23. Looking, looking good. Thank looking you. Good. 23? Try. Mm -hmm. And moisturized. You got, got to yeah, moisturize. Yeah. Okay, if there's one thing yeah. people take away from this episode, yeah. you know, dude, you know I talk about sunblock <laughs> and moisturizer and collagen pills. I might want to start What's that. collagen? Collagen is supposedly, it's debatable if it really works, but it's a pill that supposedly helps with the skin restoration. You guys do both look really young. Dude, by the way. And every day is moisturizing. I'm getting wrinkles. Are you getting facials? Hon, are you getting facials? You got to, oh, every quarter. Really? Every quarter, dude. What even is that? It's like girls are doing this stuff and guys now, it's not to not be manly or not. It's like, if I can look good and not have to do that much work to get there, then I'm going to do it for yeah. as long what, as possible. What is a facial? So facial, they come in and they just put all this crap on your face and they massage your face mm -hmm. and then like they peel Feels it. Feels incredible, it. by the way. Okay. Oh, I, oh it was that day that uh, you missed out on yeah. where I took everyone for massages and facials. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, I've, I've never had that done before. It was incredible. Once a quarter. Yeah. I lately I've had them come to my house. Yeah, it was expensive. How good is it? How much is it worth to look good? Priceless. <laughs> uh, it was great. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyways, what I, the point I was making earlier, what, what I give Mark credit for, and he, he is very gifted and I've worked, like I've got to meet Bill Gates. I've got to meet Steve Jobs. I've got to meet some of these like Titans. He came that, I think it was that day or a few days later. And he was like, I could sell the company right now for a billion dollars. Now imagine for you, 24, and you have an offer to, you have an opportunity to make like 600, 700 million dollars cash. And he's like, I'm not selling. He was 24? Yeah. And I was just like, dude, that is some big balls. That's some real big conviction. And I think in business a lot, it's like, where's your conviction? And I admired his conviction. And I think as a, as an employee there, I was just like, this guy's serious. Mm. And that was inspiring. He's like, I want to take over the world. I want to connect the world. I think what we're doing is like, like it's money. Let's see how far we can go. Mm. That was amazing. How long did you work there for? I worked there for about a, a pregnancy, so nine months. Okay. And then I got I got fired. What happened? And what I, happened to your equity? Uh, man, I definitely, uh, I would have liked it. I didn't invest. So the, how it works oh. in Silicon Valley is that, uh, and this happens, this is how we do it at AppSumo.com as well, is you get equity, let's say some percent, and you get your percent over four years, but you don't get the first quarter of it until after a year. It's called a cliff. So this is like very standard like mm. tech company terms. Now some of them are doing like five or six year terms, mm. which is interesting. So I had to stay there for a year to actually get the first quarter of it. 
And at the time I had 0.1% of the company. So whatever the company's worth now, I'd have 0.1%. So that's where I think the 190 million, it's not billion, uh, comes from. Wow. Uh, so I got fired in nine months and then I tried to fight for it. I went to um, a few of the different people and I was like, I didn't fight aggressively because part of me also thought like I didn't really earn it because I wasn't there for a year. Yeah. But I worked like, that's all, I didn't do anything else. It's probably how you are with Graham and, and this stuff. Like I didn't do anything but Facebook. I lived with Facebook people. Like that's all we did was work at Facebook. How'd you get fired? Um, numerous different reasons. And it's interesting now being on the other side of the table where I've, you know, unfortunately let go of people and I've hired a bunch of people. Um, I think when I, in the beginning I got promoted, I even got raises mm. because I was excellent in the chaos and I was excellent when it's like, Hey, there's 30 people just figure stuff out. And I wasn't, I didn't want to, nor was I skilled enough to scale with the business. Like they got to, a, we, it was about 150 people. So five X growth. Uh, I was number 30 and I won 50. And so I, there's people at Absimo that are growing with our company from when it was 4 million to now, hopefully this year we'll do hundred million plus. And some people are able to scale really well and some are not. So I think that was number one. Number two, kind of what you were saying, your dream was to be your own boss. Mm -hmm. My dream was to be my own boss and you can't fight that reality. And so I think what a lot of people should do is document their moments. Doc I think Bing Gordon calls it artifacts. Document where you're at in your journey, where you're at now and what's your fantasy. And my fantasy, like I've looked at my old journals. It was like, be your own boss. I can't believe I have to go to these meetings. I hate these meetings. And it's mm -hmm. like, huh. So as much as I was disappointed, I knew I had a dream of something else. Uh, and third, I, I thought the company could do better press. And so I did, I, I put out some press early. Uh, I was at Coachella, which I've never gone back. Mm -hmm. But I was at Coachella, uh, I hit up TechCrunch and I was like, hey, we're launching this new feature. Um, I think you should write about it because no, we weren't doing any press. And I thought I was like doing a good thing for the company. They launched it early. I told the executive team. And then I think that triggered kind of the final goodbye. Wow. Got it. Okay. We're, working hand in hand with Mark Zuckerberg, what are some good like employer fundamentals or principles that you learned that most people on that level should be implementing or smaller levels? There's a lot. I think number one is have a singular goal you're going towards. And we've implemented that at our company over the past 12 years and even my previous company. So it's like, what is your singular one goal in the business? Is it subscribers? Is it revenue? Is it number of customers? Whatever that is. And just have that singular and have the company be very clear what that is yeah. uh, for our channel. And I don't know for you, but um, at AppSumo.com, it's 120 million GMV is our goal for this year. That's it. One goal. And so Mark was very clearly singular focused on one number. And I just thought that made it very helpful about decisions. It's like, does it help us get there or not? So that was one thing that was just like exceptional. Yeah. Second thing, his vision was just really big. Sounds like a penis thing, but like he just had like a yeah. huge vision. He was like, yeah. we are thinking about this. It was like very small. My space was bigger than us at the time. But from a leadership perspective, he was like, we are going to connect the entire world and we're going to be a tool booth for the whole internet. Imagine like some 24 year old telling you like a giant vision like that. That was impressive, you know, versus some of us like, hey, you know, I'm going to try to make hundred bucks a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I thought that was that was amazing for him to think so much bigger. And I'd say lastly, um, I've only started doing it more later in my career as a leader at AppSumo, which is how are you really surrounding yourself with great people? And I think we hear this, shit, but until you're around excellence, you're like, dude, and he had excellence like our support people were PhDs from Harvard. So that level of like impressiveness, like Aaron Siddick, he designed like Napster. Uh, Sean Parker. I mean, these guys are like top notch. The guys who created Quora. Like, it's a lot of really impressive. And that was like be, him being able to surround himself with that was really impressive. Now, why do you think MySpace failed? Because I remember MySpace being so much bigger than Facebook, looking at Facebook. And I like MySpace because I could customize it. <laughs> it took me a while, probably until 2006 or seven, until I really started going on Facebook. Where do you think MySpace went wrong? Do you think TikTok can fail? Uh,. They'd have to really screw up. It'd I be thought their fault. Yeah. it would. They would really have to mess up. I think Snapchat when they did the redesign, I moved over to Instagram within 24 hours. I just completely abandoned my Snapchat when they did that first redesign. I think it was 2017. Yeah. I left. Yeah, it's interesting to think about um, 
why people are finicky or why people move and leave things. And then like, what can you learn? So like at AppSumo, we're starting to study, we haven't done a deeper dive, but like, why did Groupon stop working? Cause like our business, it was kind of similar. It was like we're Groupon for software. And so it's like, well, what happened there? Like now Groupon's like all nail salons <laughs> and like things like that. Uh, at the time with MySpace, I think what, what the difference was is that they were run by a corporate company. So they got bought by Intermix. Uh, Mark was running, he's basically dictator. And he's like, we are gonna do whatever it takes to grow. And then I think with MySpace, because they're owned by a company, it was like, how do we make money? And so a lot of their decisions were like, how do we do ads? And if you remember, MySpace was like, had all this shit. Right. And Marx was like, how do we get as many people as possible using this right. site? So it was just a focus. I miss the poke feature. Oh, that was a good one. On Facebook. That was so is it fun. Gone? I don't even know what I think is. I, I don't know. If, yeah, <laughs> if Jack doesn't know what it is, I mean, it's gone. I never used Facebook, though. So. Yeah. Oh, so really? Back you grew in, up in an era where that wasn't... I wasn't allowed to have it growing up. So, what were you allowed to have? Uh, MySpace. Uh, like, like a Wii, a Nintendo. <laughs> so I was able to have that. A DS, Pokemon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. But Facebook used to have a feature where you could poke each other. Okay. And it would just be a little nudge, like a little like. Yeah. And it would show on the side of the screen. It's just be like, uh, you know, Jack poked you. And it's just you poke back. It's like a little acknowledgement of like, hey, thinking like, about you. So it's like a message yeah. like, hey, but there's no text. There's it's no like text. It's it, just like an emoji. It just shows that they poked you, and then what you do is poke them back. Do you have to be online to receive the poke, or can you no. can, You can't poke people that are offline? No, you, you can poke them. And then it just shows up when uh, you log back on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cool thing, though, yeah. is when you worked there back in the day, you could see everyone who viewed your profile. Uh -huh. So you could do poking and all this kind of oh, stuff and then see wow. who actually comes and sees that. Oh. There's some really interesting things about when you work at TikTok or YouTube or mm. I think now with privacy stuff, yeah. it's probably more restricted. What's something that you learned uh, for the employer-employee relationship from Mark? Was he friends with a lot of his employees? Was he distant? Was he not emotional with them? Like like the whole hire, slow, fire, quick thing? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think one of the things that Mark did that I've really admired in terms of relationship is like, what's what's your standard? Like, what is the standard you're setting of excellence at the company? And I remember we'd work on things like I helped build Facebook mobile. I helped build Facebook ads. I helped build Facebook status. And we would work on something for like a month and then show it to him. And he's like, I don't, I don't think it's good enough. Here's what I would think you should change on it. And you're just like, well, he was right. Yeah, you spent all that time on it. Right? Yeah, and it was just impressive to have someone around you that's just like expecting a lot more and expecting better. What if he's wrong? What if you disagree with him? And he's like, no, I don't like that. There was a lot of disagreements. I think he would, he trusted an inner circle. There's a few different people, Aaron Siddig, Saleo became there, Boz. Some, it's crazy now that people who are like, they my peers are now like C, like I guess Boz is CTO or Chris Cox is chief product officer and mm -hmm. Naomi. Um, he had an inner circle that he would listen to. Yeah. But I, I think I always felt, I think this is part of my story, my narrative, or maybe that's what I tell myself is like, I was from Berkeley, they're all Harvard. I always felt like a little bit of an outcast. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't really accepted. What about for you and your business? How do you treat that employee-employer relationship? Dude, I'll tell you a story. Two weeks ago, we had a, a team barbecue and I heard there was someone we're letting go on Monday and this is on a Friday. And they came up to me and they're like, hey, how's it going? And I didn't, I've never, I haven't met them in person before, you know, with the whole Zoom stuff. And so it was really, I felt really, I felt conflicted. Yeah. Cause like, it's a person I don't want to let, if we don't have to let anyone go, that'd be great. But it's also, yeah. it's weird. And then on Monday that they did like, get let go for performance reasons. And I was just like, like, I, did I, I don't know if I even wanted to meet her. Right. Cause uh, yeah. that was unfortunate. So I think it's challenging. I used to have friends at AppSumo that like aren't my friends anymore. Like they were friends, brought them into the company, and now they don't talk to me because it didn't work out. It's a weird mix. And also there's things where like the loyalty, like if someone else, a lot of times one of the questions I come back to at AppSumo is like, if we brought on the world's greatest CEO, what would they be doing? And I think that's a great question. Like if we brought on the world's greatest YouTuber, world's greatest producer, or world's greatest like mechanic, how would they behave? Um, and it's tough because there's some people in the company that uh, I think we've, we give the benefit of the doubt. We give a lot more to because of loyalty and friendship, which I guess I'd rather 
lean a little bit more towards that than the yeah. other way. Yeah, I think our line, at least here, is is so blurred that there is like almost no differentiation between like friendship and work at this point. I for me it's always been like friendship first, work <laughs> second. Like you have to be like really good friends with someone to work with them. Cause for us it's just like us three. And you have to like like each other on a friendship level to like spend this much time together 100%. and work together. Him? Have you fired anyone you worked with? No, but I like, mean, it's like, just like, like you're looking, you're with, looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get people on the team a little bit, and we've let go of those people. At least I know I have, and like you've, you know, outsourced certain things to other people, but you've never like really worked hand in hand. Yeah, with those people and had to fire them. The only, the only actual <laughs> like people on the team, really, Jack and Alex, in terms of like full time. Mm -hmm. That's I have it. Two, yeah. I have two contractors. That. But full-time people. I mean, yeah. there's a guy, Steve Blank. He's like super old-school Silicon Valley. He wrote yeah. uh, Four Steps to the Epiphany about how to do product development. He sold, he sold multiple companies. He's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. And he told me once, he's like, I've met my founder three times. The day we started the company, the day we went public, and the day we sold it. And that's the three times I've like actually hung out with hmm. him. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way. I do think your point's great, which is like, if you're going to spend a lot of time with people, you should find people you really like. Yeah. And I think it's just always a sign in a company where like, like I didn't create a company so I could be around people I hate. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 it's tough. It does make work more enjoyable when you do like really like the people you work with. But sometimes I will say, and I'm sure we're all aware of this, that we let our friendship affect our business decisions. No, that's true. Yeah, we well, like, do. do an example. What are something where? Yeah. Uh, well, is there an example be between like, you and I? Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. Like, like Graham wanted yeah. to be a franchisee for a chicken restaurant. Yes, hot fried chicken. chicken. Yeah, hot chicken. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And yeah. this was someone that we had on the podcast and I told Graham, I'm like, you know, you have like a lot of external benefits. Let's say we bring on a person on the podadcast. A lot of the times it will disproportionately benefit Graham for stuff or for the benefit that is realized outside of the monetary gain from the podcast and, and you know, social growth or whatever. So I brought this up to Graham, right? Which might be a little bit of a nuanced uh, thing to bring up, but I felt like, I, you know, it, I had been thinking about it for a while. And then Graham said that he was considering opening up a franchise uh, a franchise with someone that we had on the podcast and I connected the dots and I'm like, well, we had him on the podcast that like then gave Graham, I, I thought that it was a caused B like we had him on the podcast and then he extended the invitation for Graham to open up a franchise and I brought it up to him and then Graham was like, no, 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 it's not that it's not that, you know? And he said, if you are uncomfortable with me doing this, let me know and I won't even do it. So oh, like, yeah. extreme loyalty, right? Like where if I felt like, for example, I had been taken advantage of and I said it to Graham, then Graham said he wouldn't even consider opening up the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, exp I explained to Jack that the benefit was really me as the brand of Graham Stefan and not so much the podcast, but it but it's the audience that I built on the main channel that that's really led to all of this. And the podcast happened to be a way that it was a great introduction. But in the big picture, I told Jack, there's nothing that would ruin our relationship and our friendship. And so I would put a lot of, I would lose a lot of money or miss out on that just to keep that, friendship intact because I think in the bigger picture that's way more important than anything else. And of course but that's, when I when I yeah. like when I totally understood when we made it clear that like, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the iced coffee, I was like, no, I, I respect that and I see you as a good person, a great friend. You know, of course yeah. do your own thing. But Jack's brought up other opportunities for him that he's brought like, hey Graham, you might feel kind of uneasy about this. I'd like to do it, but if if you're against it for personal reasons, I won't do it. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so it's really weird. It's strange. We never, we never like step on each other's toes or anything. Like we always bring it up to make sure the other person's okay with it on a friendship level. Yeah. And obviously sometimes we're a little uncomfortable, but we always give the green light. Or I would say like yeah. so far. There's going to be, there's going to be some point though. There's going like, to be one time. <laughs> 
and that's when it's all gonna. I, I don't yeah. want to jinx it, but I, I know there's gonna be one point. How yeah. is it for you being solo versus now having people that you consider for opinions? Uh, I I trust uh, Jack and Alex a lot. So, but a lot of time I'm I kind of know the direction I want to take it, and if I'm split in the middle, I'll ask Jack and I'll ask Alex, and usually between the two we come up with what I would consider to be the right decision. Or sometimes I'm so in it that I can't see the clear picture, but yeah. Jack can because he spent no time on it. Mm. Same with Alex. I, was, uh, I think best friends talk sh like real best friends. Are yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, like, we, I mean, we totally. Yeah. Like you're like, hey, I talk. don't think this is good for you. And I'm like, you're a real best friend. Like uh, I was hanging out with my buddy uh, Tynan yesterday and he's like, I was talking about my ex. And he's like, this is really bad. I don't, he's like, it's just bad. He's mm -hmm. like, and I was like, I know, but he's like, no, no, it's bad. I'm just letting you know. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. And it's best friend. Yes. They did not tell you always the nice things, but probably the, the thing they think is best for you. We get a lot of hate on this podcast because sometimes I can be very critical of Graham and people always say, oh, why is the assistant yeah. hating on, the, yeah. on the, the the CEO of the company or whatever? Yes, no. And I'm like, well, first of all, if I was just a yes man, A, that would be terrible for the brand and B, that would prove that Graham and I weren't even friends from the start. You know what I mean? Like friends aren't necessarily yes men of each other, at least true friends. And also what type of business is built off of just a bunch of yes men? Dude, people I, at AppSumo, no one does what I like. I, like almost all the time they're like, hey, I want to do this. I was like, can we do what I want? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, yeah, better idea than me. And I agree. I, it's yeah. like, but people think that it's kind of an external perception. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, what if you did have the better idea and then they're going and saying, no, it's not, but you have the better, <laughs> but you have the better direction. I did. This, this reminds me of, of Mark. Imagine if Mark's eyes are like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. <laughs> and Mark's just sitting there twiddling something. All right. I guess they have a good idea. I was just thinking, man, maybe we should have a day where we only hang out with yes people. That'd be kind of nice. It'd be kind of nice, but I, so? uh, I think it'd be nice. But I don't think you get at least in business the best. The, yeah, the yeah. best outcomes. Yeah. yeah. Like we had a. We, there's this woman Alona who I work with, uh, VP of operations. So she's like the day to day CEO. So she, she runs it, and we had this meeting about how many products should be on AppSumo. Should we have like very curated like ten products, hundred or like ten thousand? And it was. Um, I really admired that she fought. Like she, I, I like to see in business who has conviction. Like who f cares? Because sometimes I'm like I don't get, like at Facebook, they'd argue for hours about the topography and which font to use on a page. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever the customer and user wants to use, let them use. So it's just nice to see where like, how do people fight in productive ways? Yeah, Jack really wants me to outsource. He is constantly just outsource, outsource. Like what? But, uh, uh, gosh, you want to research, take this over? Research, uh, scripting. scripting. Uh, I did convince him finally to outsource editing, which was a super long uh, thing that we had. Who was doing it before? Me. You enjoy doing it? Yes. I did. I would say, but it took up a lot of time. So even though I enjoyed it, for me, it was a great way to zone out because I'd finish a, a video and then I just clear my head for five hours or three hours and just edit and then it's done. And then that reward that you get after, yeah. then, then I'm clear headed afterwards because I can't go from like filming, planning, filming, planning. I need a break in between. Yeah. And so, it, so editing was a great way to do that, but it took up a lot of time. I think that's the thing that people miss in business scaling, like scaling to a, like we have 140 people, hundred million dollars. It's like, Find also the thing you also enjoy doing and don't give that up. Because I, I have a buddy who's a health coach, mybodytutor.com. Mm. And he just likes, he loves coaching people about health. And he, he wants to scale, but he's like, I also just like coaching. Yeah. And so I think it is finding that balance of like, if you like editing, stick with it. I think that's, people well, will give yeah. the generic advice, like scale everything. Not that it's bad, but just don't give up the reason you started doing yeah. it or the piece that you like. Well, I will say when Alex took over, he's gotten really good at it. And I've had a lot more time. So now I'm constantly about a week ahead on the main channel, whereas before I'd be like day by day. What do you do at so, that time now? 
I don't know where the time goes. Uh, honestly, I would say spend more time playing. No, honestly, I find myself no more productive than I was when I was doing everything myself. I'm being serious. There was a point where uh, I was posting six videos a week, doing uh, planning, filming, and editing everything myself oh. before Jack came on. Well, that's not quite and, true, but well, no. When I was doing I three would videos, edit the phone calls. We stopped doing the phone calls. So it was after that. Yeah, it was after that. Well, was, what made you give him a chance? Uh, I was really busy one day and I saw him send me an email and it was at the very top of my inbox during a time where someone dropped out. So I had, I had this Facebook group called the Real Estate Millionaire Mastermind. And part of, the, uh, part of the way to get in that group is you have to submit your email address. And I wanted people's emails so like eventually I could, I could use that email list to either market to or, or follow up with or basically have. And uh, we would get thousands of emails and you would have to go like hand by hand or like, you know, by hand going and copy and pasting all the email addresses, yeah. put them in a spreadsheet. And it was a lot of work. So I tried hiring so many people, like 20 bucks an hour, you know, whatever it might be. Just go through, like you could watch a movie and just copy and paste these email addresses. No one would do it. I'd ask people to do it. They'd say, oh yeah, no problem. Oh yeah, no, I didn't have time. And meanwhile, they're building up. So I would do it myself. And during a time where someone just dropped out, Jack was the top email saying, I'm willing to do anything. And so I called them. I'm like, hey, if you want to do anything, here's this thing. It's really boring, but if you want to do it, here's, you just feel free to do it. You don't have to, but like if you want to, feel free. And he finished the whole thing, like overnight. For free? Yeah. And I was like, wow. You this to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I did not accept that. Yeah. No. Uh, and it was so good that I'm like, wow. And I, I felt bad he spent, like, how long was that? Eight hours? Uh, it was way more than eight hours. Maybe 10 hours, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, so I felt so bad he spent, like, all this time. I'm like, how about this? I'll take you out for dinner. And so he drives down. Uh, I take him out for a, for a hamburger. I don't even think I ate. You didn't eat. No, yeah. I, I wanted to save the money. This is in my, like, extreme frugal days. Like, I'd rather just take Jack out and me just not eat. I felt yeah. bad because I, I was like, I'm taking this guy's money. Yeah, that's no, it's fine. But, uh, but we hit it off. And then I was like, we could continue doing this and come up with different ideas. Or I wanted to do uh, an iteration of the Dave Ramsey show. And I called it the Graham Stephan show where I take phone calls. And I said to Jack, how about this? I'll post on Instagram. You go through these emails and you pick the three calls that you think might be the best. And Jack started doing that. A, I mean, and it just 1%. evolved. Yeah. It's the 1%. Yeah. Just like you did the work. I mean, mm -hmm. Jeremy on our show, he did her Instagram for a few weeks. Mitchell volunteered at our charity ride. Something to be yeah. said for that. But I will say, if Jack didn't send that email at the right time when I needed the help, like if Jack sent me that maybe two weeks prior, even if, if, if it was at the top of my inbox, I just wouldn't have needed the help and I probably would have looked at it that's nice, but you know, you forget and what, so. The power of asking is so underutilized. The fact that you just kept asking, but I guess there's also a balance of asking and being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Where's yeah. the line where it's like, I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, hey, I wanna help, hey, it's like, like, but it's interesting which ones make it through the noise. Yeah, I think some of that is also just lucky timing. And I do think there was an element where he asked enough to get at the right point where I really needed the help. Yeah, and you were in the group. You probably saw that he struggled with it. Uh, no, I wasn't in the group. No, he just, just sent I was, random emails. I just emails. watched a yeah. bunch of fan. I, like I was, yeah, yeah I watched just a bunch random of emails. Dude, hell yeah, yeah, good yeah. for you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we actually went through those emails in one of the, uh, really the episodes. Really Terribly embarrassing. embarrassing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was like desperate, pretty much. They were love letters. <laughs> yeah, they were love like letters. Long ones? Uh, kind of. There were a couple of long ones. Yeah, some of them were short. Some of them were just bumps. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they varied between like paragraphs and like just following up to make sure you saw the above email paragraph. 
let me know if anything you need paragraph yeah be back and forth a lot of the yeah. stuff though a driving factor of sending those emails was just like the the ebb and flow of just like my my life at the time because i was working at a restaurant i hated it and i was a full-time student at the time as well and i wasn't a huge fan of that either so with all of this time when i was mindlessly like bussing dishes at the restaurant i was always thinking what can i be doing and then i would just like build it up build it up build it up okay i have to do this thing with graham or whatever and i just send out another email and then you know, that would expel it for a little bit and then it'd build up again because I hated doing all that stuff so much and I'd do it again. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk more about AppSumo. Yeah. Okay. AppSumo journey. This is your business. This YouTube. is how you're worth 1.4 or $190 billion or whatever yeah. that website says. I think AppSumo is probably worth a few hundred million. So I'm worth like 200, 300. I don't know. Because it's hard to yeah. know. It's like, it depends right. if someone would buy it. I don't ever want to sell it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what, what does AppSumo do for those that don't know. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. No, uh, and we're not, and we're not sponsored. <laughs> no, we're not by sponsored. the way, we're no. not sponsored. No, should we be sponsoring so. you? Probably. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know what? We believe it or not, we thought about it, but we've never accepted money from any guest. Yeah, and so, know. and we don't want to start down that this path the, of like, yeah. you know, do I have to pay for this? Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, no, Subaru yeah. is a combination of my career, so I think it's interesting to find all the things you hate, right? All the shit you just like hated doing. Like I hated working at Intel. I hated corporate. I didn't like Facebook's like elitism, like these Silicon Valley, like douchebags that are like, they think they're so great. We're in Patagonia all the time. Um, I like <laughs> you don't wear Patagonia. I, mean, right. I have to Patagonia, but <laughs> it's just like so elite and they're like, oh, we're so cool. And like, I don't know, I, I didn't care for that. And then I worked at mint.com. Yeah. Became, yep. I was one of the first guys there. Um, I thought it was really interesting to find a product that like, okay, I sucked, I, I did all their marketing, but it was just like, they had a great product. This is a great product. Yeah. I didn't really have to do much. Then I did games, but I was like, I, I hate build, I don't play a lot of games. But so anyways, it was just like a combination of like all the things that didn't work out to finally be like, how do I finally just do the thing I really want to do? And even if it didn't make a lot of money, I'm going to at least be okay because I'll be the customer. And I think that's how people should be thinking about it. like, what's the problem? That, like even our YouTube videos, I watch a lot of them all the time. I'm like, dude, this is cool. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like watching, I'm like proud of myself or I'm like watching, I'm like disappointed in myself. I'm like, ah, oh, you could have, but it's like, I, I like doing it. Like yeah. what we get to do. Uh, on the channel. So AppSumo was that. It was like, I love tech. I love startups. I like this new software that's coming out. Maybe I can just hit these people up and be like, I know you guys need customers. Everyone wants more customers. Can I get a deal on it? And then I'll promote it for you and then we'll split the profit. And that's, that's kind of, uh, and I was able to validate it for about 50 bucks in a more or less a weekend. Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm trying to encourage people. I have, we've like, I've helped a lot of people try to start companies and I think everyone wastes too much time and wastes too much money. And so I want people to not waste any time, spend just a weekend and see if you can get a few customers, which is what I did with AppSumo. Yeah. How does the business work now? How do you acquire yeah. customers? How do you make money and how does the, the business make money? Yeah. So we have, uh, we have three different revenue streams. We have a like AppSumo plus membership, 99 bucks a year. You get, uh, we have a community, you get deals on our, you get an extra deal. We have some software you get for free. So it's like Amazon prime, but for mm -hmm. startups and founders. So that's 99 bucks. We have our own original products. So we've created like a Mailchimp alternative called SendFox. We created basically. Oh, you have SendFox? Yeah, that's us. So all of these products cool. that are mainstream, that are expensive, we created alternative one-time payment uh, versions of them. So TidyCal, which is our Calendly alternative. So it's like 20 bucks, you get premium version of Calendly forever. Hmm. Um, so that business unit maybe does like two or $3 million this year. And then the bulk of our revenue, we have two, two sections, is our marketplace. So we go out, let's say you create Gramsoft. We go out and normally you're 20 bucks a month. Uh, we go out and negotiate with you. Um, the sales team will find you, negotiate with you like a $50 for life deal, and then we'll do like a 50-50 rev split. And then we just share the money in that. So Now, why would a company agree to that? Isn't that a lot less money? Or are they making it up with a whole bunch more volume? 
So we have that, and then we we do have a marketplace listing. So anyone, like if you go to appsumo.com slash sell, you can, if you have software, you can go and list it yourself now. If we, and we have mm -hmm. to approve it. Uh, and it's software targeted for small business owners. So the question is, why would someone do it? This is literally the best deal online for a software creator. So if you think about it, you created software. How would you get customers today? Buy ads. Buy ads. Maybe sponsorships. Sponsor uh, yeah. the iced coffee hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe do your own content, maybe PR, maybe like Google SEO, right? All those are cost money, take time and not guaranteed. AppSumo, if we do a deal with you, we give you money guaranteed because we have an audience. Mm -hmm. There's free exposure and you get customers now that you can potentially sell things in the future. There is no better way to play, promote new software than AppSumo. If there was, then I would stop AppSumo. Mm -hmm. uh, so for a creator, it's like there's no money. You get it guaranteed. Plus we also have like, we have a group we call Betalings that actually review your product and then help you improve it before we launch it. That's fun. Um, and then we do your marketing. So we have a, te a video team, we have a content team. There's a team that does like the images for you. So we do a lot of times better marketing than the product can do themselves. Mm. That's so smart. Yeah, and MailChimp, I believe, is one of the first ones, was it? They were in one yeah. of our early bundles. And the thing that's interesting about Sumo from a business model perspective, and this was just totally lucky, uh, and this is something I've, I try to encourage people is, one, the market for software just grew a lot. Like when I started it 12 years ago, there was like 10. And now there's like hundreds of thousands, mm. maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands. Uh, and then we just got lucky with our business model. So we don't hold inventory. Like we don't have to really have any office. We don't have to do anything. And, and we get the money up front. And then we pay our partners uh, 30 or 60 days later. Mm. So it's a pretty interesting model. Like there's no food costs. There's no yeah. anything. We just built up the audience and community that, that trusts us. How big is your audience on AppSumo? Uh, it ranges per month, but a million to three million people will come through AppSumo. So, and how we make our money, uh, there's three channels that are our main drivers. So affiliate marketing is actually a, a gigantic traffic channel for us, uh, which I wasn't expecting. Um, Facebook ads. So I think we spent about a quarter million to 400,000 a month on ads, Google, Instagram, uh, and then email marketing, which is not really grows the audience, but that's probably about half our revenue comes from our email list. So I, I love email. Yeah. And then what about for you? Do you just pay yourself a salary? Are you, do you take that $1? Uh, so Maybe. it's really, yeah. I think how founders pay themselves funded or not funded over the years is really interesting to consider. Uh, and I was very self-conscious because like my last job, um, my last company, I was, I think I made like 150 or so. Mm -hmm. And so when I started AppSumo, I didn't pay, I didn't have anything. It was like $0 first year, 42,000 next year. This year, my salary is 175,000. That's my base salary. And do you like invest it in, as a normal person? <laughs> uh, well, so what, what's missing though, is that if the company has profit, then I get a big chunk of the profit. If there's no profit, then I don't get anything. Mm -hmm. um, so for the first like seven years of the company, I, I actually did the analysis. If I would have stayed at Intel, I would have made more money for the first seven years of AppSumo. Interesting. Right. So I actually yeah. plotted my salary and I did a little bit of like inflation and like a salary adjustment versus my AppSumo salary got to like 75, hundred. So Intel would have been a great deal. Yeah. And so I think some people miss out on this. People think entrepreneurship is like how you get rich. Having a good job is actually, my stepdad got pretty rich having like a pretty standard engineering job and doing like really safe investing. Yeah. Um, but the past few years I make seven figures every year. But I, I don't wanna talk about the exact number because I feel bad for the people that work at the company. It's like, oh, why, sure. why is he getting rich and I'm not? So I want, and that's actually an interesting question. How do people get rich at companies is that you make more money for the company and the company has to give you more money. So we have, Made many millionaires, not many, many is relative. We made millionaires that work at AppSumo. Wow. So it's, uh, but yeah, I basically, if there's no, so like this year, I, my salary got cut in half because we wanted to hire more people or the, the mm. expected salary at sure. the end of the year. Yeah. Got cut in half because I was like, either I can make a lot of money or I can invest in the team and grow the business.
How is the recession or a possible recession going to impact your business? I've, saw th- I've seen the email from Y Combinator basically warning all the startups yeah. like, hey, VC funding is probably going to be harder to come by. Stockpile cash. Make sure you run lean. I mean, they gave a rather yeah. you know, disastrous email to a lot of companies. I've seen that. I saw the Sequoia one. You see the yeah. Sequoia one? No, I didn't see that Sequoia. Was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I don't believe in recessions. I just don't believe in them. But don't you believe that, <laughs> no, that there? But there is a, still, like but there is still a time. People still buy coffee. People still Correct. buy food. People but, still. But drink. don't you think there is a time where funding is going to be more difficult than others? And, I don't believe in taking funding. But I think for a lot of the companies who need to raise in order to secure capital to grow, those companies are are going to have a harder time getting capital. Yeah, and they probably should go out of business. So yeah, it's just yeah. like the you know. So I don't the big, know what's natural big picture, yeah. I mean, I think in terms of like, taking a step back to give a little more clarity is that recession is about control and planning. At the end of the day, and so if you are not doing something valuable enough, you go away. Yeah. If you are doing something valuable enough, you stick around. And right. I think with AppSumo specifically, people want to save money. And then it's like if things are getting tough, they're like I want to save money, and so AppSumo is generally relatively well positioned, and we don't have a lot of upfront cost besides our team, which yeah. is, I mean, it's like sixty percent of our. I think our monthly burn right now is about two million just on teammates, mm-hmm. just on the team. Um, so the way we start thinking about that is like, what can you control? Are you doing something on the totem pole that's valuable enough for an audience? And then the other two things I would think about for companies is that, do you have a phase spending? So what we do is a phase plan approach. So you asked about recession. If things go bad, we have a plan in place about what we're going to cut exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's not basically doing it real time. It's something we've already thought about ahead of time. Got it. Um, and then I do think people just need to think about like, if I'm not doing something valuable enough, for example, my friend who's a body coach. When a, if a recession is happening, do you think people want to spend a lot of money on like a health coach? No, they're fucking right. not. They're like, dude, I'm just trying to survive. Just like when COVID hit, people yeah. are like, they cut everything. And so then I think you have to think about well, what else do they want to do? Are they eating food? Do they want supplements? Can you actually do help? Maybe it's workouts. Can you maybe do coaching certification? And so I think it's finding the things that are going to be invaluable all year round. And I think people are just doing things that are nice to have, not must haves way too often. Yeah. So what's the end goal with AppSumo? Because you're not going to sell it, you say. I but don't know, man. What if you got an offer at like 500 million bucks? I'd probably sell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not bullshit. Right. People yeah. are like, I would never sell forever. If yeah. someone came, the thing that is now, the thing I think <clears throat> people miss out on is that you're like, all right, I can sell. And then well, what am I going to do then? I'd probably just start AppSumo. I would keep making YouTube videos. <clears throat> I would like, I'm working on a book and I would promote things, which is what I like to do. So I think people get really excited about how much money it's like, why don't you just find the thing that you can sustain on? Like making YouTube videos. Maybe it's making coffee. Maybe it's promoting products or promoting people. We've thought, we've talked about an IPO. Like we have numbers that are like are compelling. Mm-hmm. But I, I, and honestly, I don't care. I, it's totally egotistical. Like to have a public company would just be ego. Cause like, it'd be cool to say you have a ticker symbol. Yeah. I mean, it'd be pretty neat. Yeah. But I don't want Ticker rules. symbol uh, could be Sumo. It'd be that's incredible sick. if, know, you, if you secure that. If that's not already I think Sumo else, Logic yeah. might have it. But the point being okay, is like, yeah. for me is like, I don't want to have to have check-ins. I don't want to have rules. I don't want to yeah. have investors tell me what to do. Selling... Um, I think it'd be interesting if it was a certain amount, but then what would I do all day? Like for basically the past three years, I haven't worked, right? We had another CEO for six years of the company and he grew a lot of the revenue in the business. And I just kind of like dicked around and honestly it was, and this sounds bad because I think this is the dream people think, but it was really unfulfilling. It's really unsatisfying, not working and not doing something. You're actually like, fuck, this is hard. And I came back uh, about a year ago and I was like, yo, this sucks. And I love it. So to give that up, to have money that I can't already spend, like I have more than enough right now. And I think people need to figure out how much they actually need, which is much lower than they think. Um, I don't know. If someone did a billion or something, yeah, that'd be cool. But I I don't know what else I would do. So what is your normal day like? 
today. I mean, yeah, I saw your video with Leon Hendricks, by the way. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Dude, he was so good. Uh, That was probably the most realistic day. Uh, Can you walk us through that day for those who haven't seen the video? Yeah. So I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I get up around 9 Uh, a.m. Let's just take a Monday. So my days are very structured. I think one of the things that if you're a CEO or you, if you want to have high leverage in your days, like I probably spend maybe around five hours a day looking at my calendar, which is like kind of uncommon for people. So what that means is that there's a woman named Anna. So on Fridays, we go for about an hour to hour and a half reviewing my calendar. Like mm-hmm. we have a survey, like what happened this week? What was good this week? Were you consistent this week? What blocked you this week? What are we doing differently next week? And then we meet again on Monday. And then I meet, I review it myself. So it's maybe more about three hours, but then I review it myself on Sunday too. Um, and so I'm just very specific about like, what are my main goals that I'm trying to accomplish? And right now there's three, right? So as CEO, there's three things that matter. Like where we're going through your vision, what are the rules? So operating principles or we have an operating principle manual and then who are the people there? So those are the three things I'm really trying to optimize for. And then in my week, it's really like I color code my calendar. Mm-hmm. How much of my week really looks like that? Because I think if people say what's important to them and they actually look at how they spend their time, it's very different. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I color my calendar. So Mondays, I basically try to mo- I do morning pages. You guys read The Artist's Way? No. So good. What's this? Uh, it's by Julia Cameron. It's like one of these books that like you hear about and you're like, and you read it like this is fucking epic. How have I not heard about it? Because I think some of the best stuff is the stuff that others don't know about. So she wrote this book about, I never thought I was creative. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know, I see these people with, like, cameras, or I see these people, like, I don't know, doing photos, or I guess it's cameras, or drawing, and I'm like, dude, I want to be creative. I'm just a business guy. I don't know shit. And her book is just like, dude, you're a fucking artist in business. And one of her key things that she encourages everyone is doing morning pages where for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you just write unfiltered. It's called journaling, I guess is what other people call it. But so uh, so I just do that every Monday. It's just Mondays, I'll, I'll basically wake up, uh, I do tea, I do element. It's like these electrolyte packets I have them every morning. Um, and so I'll do that. I'll write 15 minutes. And one of the key things that's actually been really powerful uh, that I've done the past few years with that is I just write what am I looking forward to this week on my Monday mornings? Like what this week am I like hella excited about? Like what, what was it for you guys this week? Oh, man. Concert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which one? Rex Orange County. Uh, I did that? it two nights ago. What is Rex? Vegas. Is a musician, artist. Is it, is it like country? No. No, 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 no. Is it EDM? No. It's like, it's like a bedroom pop kind of like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. But yeah. That's what I was looking forward to. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably the delivery of a Tesla. Oh, hell yeah. Which that. one? Yeah. The Roadster. Hon, it's coming? Uh, the it's old one? Here. No, the old one. Oh, yeah. sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, so anyways, my Monday morning, I just try to think about it. Like, what am I looking forward to at work? And if there's nothing, I'm like, oh, cool. Let's make some shit up that you're going to look forward to. Uh, like, coming to Vegas. This is sweet. Yeah. What uh, were you looking forward to? Definitely. Well, we went to Bill Burr. Okay. And then I went to the Warriors playoff game. Like I did a, I flew at night in a private jet, uh, JSX. Oh, wow. I've seen JSX, cool. by the yeah. way. JSX yeah. is sick. 200 right. bucks for a private jet. Right. Yeah. Really good deal. So I flew up there, took my friend for his birthday, watched the game, and then flew back for work in the morning. Mm. That was probably the, the key thing. That's cool. And then, uh, so Monday, yeah, so I'll write out what I'm looking forward to this week. I try to process just whatever's going on in my head. Mm. Uh, I've been, you know, emotionally up and down for relationships and travel. So just trying to be like, okay, well, what's going on with you? Like, let's try to understand. Mm. Uh, Mondays is a lot of AppSumo check in. So I have like an hour and a half meeting with uh, Alona about what's going on in the business. Uh, what are KPIs? Then I had a meeting with Anna to do my schedule. And then sometimes on Monday, like I'm working on a book. So there's a guy named Tal Roz. He wrote Never Eat Alone, Never Split the Difference. So we had like a two hour work session going over one of the chapters. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do like a body, like a body workout or weightlifting with my buddy Daniel. 
then I have a chef, so she'll, I'll eat dinner at home and then read. I try not to watch TV or do anything that's like uh, not productive at night during the weekdays. And on weekends, I go crazy. Yeah. And you mentioned relationships. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. Oh, right. This is like the bane of my existence. This is honestly is like Ooh. probably the worst thing going on in my life. Oh, no. How is it to date as a man worth over 100 million bucks? Right. Yeah. No, like, no, no. Easy. I mean, no, over 100. It is fish in a barrel. No. I, okay. You want, you want honest? I thought when you got super rich, like they just come to you. I thought like you see all these old, old like disgusting people with like really hot babes. <laughs> I'm like, where? Am I not allowed to say this? Yeah, I can do whatever. Yeah, I guess we do whatever we want yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just, I'm not yeah. sure we're rude to men or women, but I was just like, yeah. where the fuck are they getting them at? Because like I thought I got hella money, and I'm like, okay, I'm just still at my house, like alone. Uh, it doesn't happen. So getting rich does not solve that. Um, but dating has been, a, it's been a, it's been shitty. It's been Why? <laughs> shitty. Um, I think what happened when I turned, so I turned 40 in February. Yeah. And like 80% of my friends have marriages and kids. And I'm like home. I'm like out hanging out with two guys doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That sounds fun no, to me. Yeah. Fun. I love right. This I love this stuff. Uh, you know, all my Ouch. friends. Ouch. Yeah. Jeez, Jack. <laughs> never. Okay, he's never invited back. Dude, kick this old fucking guy off the show. Uh, you know, all my friends have kids and marriages yeah. and you know i'm like oh what's wrong with me like what did i you think it's a bad thing to no be so 40? yeah well it felt like a bad thing and then, okay. I, then i was like all right you're gonna go on a fucking hardcore wife quest because in business it's very simple for me it's like okay where's my what's my destination absolutely we have this goal what's your plan to get there here's my plan all right now let's execute towards that it's very like i think that's how, how many subscribers do i want what's the content what's the job i want here's your plan go execute and it's not as controllable with females Right. It's not it's there's a lot more like, where do you where do you get your pipeline? Where do you find them from? How do you filter to make sure it's the right one? Yeah. So it sounds the, too analytical to me. Well, the past two months, I put a lot of pressure to find a wife and it's Why? been hor that sounds like let's, yeah, that sounds like let's yeah, a different let's like, how about this let's, framework. Yeah, let's let's go deeper. Why? It's it's that's to me sounds more like the the, the pressure, the societal pressure of like, oh, I, yeah. I'm approaching 40. This is what's most people should be doing. And I should go in that direction. But it doesn't seem to me like you've ever done that. So it's surprising to me that like for for a companionship that like that would be the route you went. If I'm honest, I thought it would no. make me feel more complete. Like this is the part missing in my life. Like my work, I love my work. It, like it's it sucks a lot of times and it's hard as fuck. But I'm like, mm. yo, I really enjoy this challenges. And I feel like the, my mindset is like these are challenges that are good for me. My health is good. My friends, I literally have 10 out of 10 friends. I have like the best friends. Like I'm like, I feel very lucky. And then when the women one, it just feels very like, why is this not going well? Like what's wrong with me or what's wrong with the situation for that? Um, and I think with my dating over the past 20 years, it was very like, it wasn't dating with intent. It was just dating. It was like, mm, you, you're cute and you let, you, you'll let me sleep with you and like we can hang out and like, but it wasn't like, oh, we're going to try to date to see if there's someone I want to be compatible with for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So I think I just put artificial pressure on myself to make it happen. Yeah. Was that an age thing where like you felt this compelled at like 35, let's say, because like it, it sounds like this was more something somewhat recent than yeah, something 35, like- Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Is yeah. And my friend is, one of my best friends, Adam, was just talking about it. He's like, and also like you're on a dating app, yeah. which is weird because I, I do get now pretty often like, oh, I watch your videos, which is a little strange. And they're like, why yeah. are you on a dating app? Um, but in having that number show 40 on the dating app versus 39 was like a weird mind fuck. Really? It was just a weird like, oh, I guess I'm getting older. It's not forever. If I want to have kids, yeah. like I'm only going to get maybe 40 to 60 years with them. So I probably want to have that start that sooner. Um, do you think that's from your perspective, 40 makes a difference for 39 or do you think it's just generally your response has been different at 40 for versus 39? I'm sure a lot of women would would rather put 29 than 30. Yeah. And maybe and maybe there is a significant 
you know, slow down after the age of 30. I don't know. It was, well, I was engaged. I think I mentioned I, and I broke off that engagement. Um, and yeah, I think getting 40, it's like, oh shit, like this is do, am I going to find a partner? Is it going to be, is it actually going to happen? And I don't think it really mattered. Right? I really considered it. And it does feel like these other areas of my life feel pretty dialed in. And this mm. one is not, and this one feels much more uncertain unless like I can't control it or make it happen. Yeah. And so then forcing it, uh, the past, these two past two months has been like pretty shitty. Yeah. When like, were you engaged? Uh, I was engaged, uh, November, 2019. We got engaged at the Met in New York. And how long did you date prior to we did about three years? Okay. Do you mind yeah. answering like what, why we broke the, off the engagement? Yeah. Uh, I try to understand it. Right. And you try to like, it's interesting with all of our lives, like how we try to tell back the story that we have. Uh, and I also don't want to like, I, I'm, I'm talking to her again. So, oh, you're, you're back talking to her a little bit, so which then feels even more idea? confusing because all my friends were like, yo, it's a bad idea. Oh yeah. If I'm even saying, <laughs> <good idea. laughs> like I don't even know her or the situation I've, from what I've seen, it, well, I, I, I shouldn't, you know, no, go for it. From what I've seen, it, it's usually not a good idea once there is a break off because, because it's, it's, there's a it's like, it's like, yeah, not only is there a reason, but there's still all of those underlying issues that probably haven't been resolved that. You know, 100%. you could you could put a bandaid over it, but I think you're right. The cracks right. are gonna show. I think that the two things yeah. there is uh, one. I've never fired anyone I regret. I've never had fired anyone where I'm like I really wish it back. And I think there's a parallel here where it's like you broke up for a reason, and it's probably that probably is not gonna go away. The, the challenge is that our experience now is very muffin top. You know, from Seinfeld, like it's just the muffin top. It's oh, like just the good part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're having just like highlight reels versus yes. like going when we can get back to relationship. Um. So while we broke up, I think part of it, there's different things my friend said, but I think one of it is like this person, who you choose as your partner is probably the most important decision of your life. Period. Yeah. Probably your business partner and your romantic partner, female, yeah, male, whatever. Okay. And I was like, damn, that's a fucking important decision. There should be very little doubt. And I had a lot of doubt. And I was like, I'm gonna spend 40 years with this person. Like, I, th I like another way, uh, it's funny to look at it. I was like, do you want to have like 2000 more dinners with this person? Like, and I just, yeah. I, do you think it's, I, that's just nerves though, that maybe it's just like, that's a lot of pressure to think of, you know, 50 years and yeah. summarize it into three and yeah. yeah. I, well, I think what's interesting is what are the things we don't have doubt about? Right. Like I have a lot of things in my life. I'm like, there is zero doubt. Like I have friends that I'm like, there's nothing. Like not even a quick, and I'm also, I'm not sleeping in with them and I'm not having dinner with them every yeah, night. Sure. That changes the, but I think in terms of your, your romantic partner, like they should be pretty minimal. There should probably be nervousness. Mm. Um, and I, I do think though your, your point is interesting where like, I think the amount of pressure I put on myself, I think high achievers are actually really negative. We're like really, I think myself as a, I'm not, not a high achiever, but I'm like always going, mm -hmm. but I have this really negative self-talk. And so I think that level of expectation made it hard for probably her and for our relationship. And even for this recent dating period where, um, after we broke up like these past two months, I'm like, I meet someone, I do basically a wife interview. No, I know you can't that, do it that. Did not, it's yeah. not worked out well. It's not worked that well. Yeah. The, the way to grow a business I've noticed is so much different than like getting in a relationship. And I felt myself throughout like my mid twenties, very similar because I was like really good at like being a real estate agent and, uh, and buying properties. And to me, it seemed like so easy to, to be able to follow this, the same, you know, patterns. But then I was so stiff and businesslike when I would go on a date. I mean, I was so uptight and all I wanted to talk about is like business and making money and like just investing. And I was so uptight that I think it just, it shows. And that sort of like analytical approach just is not attractive. Well, I guess for, for uh, are you guys in relationships? Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
how is your partner like a super type A person or is it more like a house person? Is it both? Uh, like house care, I mean, yeah. they're more like they're, you know, they're taking care of you and they're taking care of the house so that you can house. Hear. You and I don't so mean that negatively. Facing? I don't mean yeah. that. I don't you mean that. Yeah, she's very. I would say. So I like, would say she's fifty-fifty on that. Really? Yeah. Could be both. Could I would. Both. I would say it's fifty. I would say just in the way that she treats like Ramsey and and Bailey. Oh gosh, yeah, like, for the animals. Oh she, gosh, she the cooks dinners and she does. The, she does his laundry. Nice. You know, you don't hire someone to do your laundry. No, she doesn't. I should hire yeah. someone for that. I listen. I I wouldn't hire you. I would just do it myself. Oh, it's bro. so it's so easy. I'm not gonna hire. We, someone we to talk do about that. Stuff. Yeah, Let's come to the relationship. So, no, so and I easy. think you could find yeah. a woman that is maybe both those things. I think basically, uh, I went to New York on a wife quest two weeks ago. A wife quest. And so I just set up oh, like gosh. I've never dated. I've only dated Asian women. So I wanted yeah. to date Jewish women. And so I went on the apps and I lined up basically like almost a, a date a night with a different Jewish woman. Yeah. And it was just like stressful and it was creating a lot well, of anxiety. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. I, I, Nice, dude. Dude. Dude, nice. Yeah. Are you Jewish? Yeah, I'm a Jew. Dude, that's what I'm talking uh, about. But it was just like, it was, yeah. well, because I've never dated a Jew. Yeah. My family's Jewish. My dad's from Israel. Like, I study Hebrew. Like, I'm not very, I'm not religious whatsoever, but I'm like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to, like, continue that lineage. Uh, and I've only dated the Asians, and it was just, it was stressful, though. It was just like. That's a lot of pressure like, to was, go to. Yeah. yeah. You went for the objective of finding a wife? The wife I, I went for a bike race, and then I made it with that, and then working on my book. Mm -hmm. Like so the three major priorities. Walk me through a night of a wife quest. Right? <laughs> so like, let's say you just finished. Jack's taking notes here, and it's yeah. like six p.m. Are you on a like, wife quest? Definitely not a wife quest. Girlfriend okay. quest. Girlfriend I'll quest. just you know I'm a <laughs> develop a relationship with someone. He's the most eligible bachelor at this point. It's become a running like joke. On how did you meet Macy? Uh Instagram. She hit you up or you hit her? Yeah, she hit me up. What'd she say? Yeah. Uh she made a really funny comment. I had uh, posted something as a like a like a story, and she had commented on it. And, uh, and basically it was a funny comment, but I didn't even think anything of it. And I just thought it was a funny comment and I responded back and, uh, and then we just kept the banter going back and forth and it just was developed it easy. Yes. There's one of my new yeah. favorite words in business. And I think in this relationship experience is organic. Yeah. Like how was it organic to make content organic to interact with them? And so after the New York thing, we wouldn't talk about that. I just came back and I was like, I went to therapy. Uh, I actually interviewed a relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg. She's phenomenal on Instagram. Really, really good. And she's like, how are you feeling with all this stuff? I was like, oh, I'm fucking anxious. She's like, well, you don't have to do it. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you you seem pretty happy and life's pretty good. Like, why don't you just chill? Like, and then when you want to go hang out with someone, instead of having to, why don't you get to? Uh, so I've been trying to just think more about like, what do I get to do? And then also just notice how I'm feeling with some of these things. Like if I'm really feeling anxious about going on a date, it's like, okay, why, what's going on with this anxiety? And you like, let's take a step back to check in how we're doing. So but past two weeks, I've just chilled on it. And like, yeah. and I like cut off a few people that I was like, I don't, let's just not talk we'll be friends uh and honestly it's just been, it's been nice it's been so yeah. relieving i have a feeling the less pressure you put on it the more success you'll have on that i think if you went in just thinking i'm gonna have a great time and just tonight it's just about me having fun i think if you just went in like that with no expectations you would be shocked just like like how quickly you'll uh, make great connections with people. That helps me a lot. What uh, helps yeah. me especially is like the abundance mentality towards women because sometimes I'll go on a date with a girl and then I'll have like a four month break and then I'll go on another date with a girl. But because it was such an extended break of doing that, I like hype this up a lot and I get all nervous and everything and I make a bigger deal out of it than it really is. But if I go on a date this week and then next week I go on a date and then this week I go on a date, I'm like, okay, well, there's so many, yeah. you know what I mean? And it, it makes me more calm and which yeah. makes and the less, me a lot better. But there's also that takes away the expectation of like, oh this God, is the first yes. one in four months. It has to go well. Yeah, and if 100%. it doesn't go well, it's going to be another four yeah. months. And when you don't care because it's like, 
Well, I you could meet another person it. next week. Yeah. Someone asked me about like my 20s if I could do it all over again. It's kind of an annoying, stupid question. And one of the things was about it was dating. It was like I would have been way more thoughtful in my dating. I think I just dated like, oh, you like me? Sure, let's do this. Versus mm-hmm. like, okay, it'd be nice to be intentional for that to anyone out there if you're dating. Just be more clear, like, hey, I want to find someone long term. Like, let me be more intentional in dating versus just like, this is a cool person to have around. Yeah, I've noticed the dating topics actually do quite well. Oh, really? And it's yeah, yeah, that's what people like. Yeah, they love, especially in in finance, because the usually I I want to say it's probably eighty five percent male, and if they're into finance, there's there's a chance they're not that good at dating too. Disproportionately <laughs> high chance, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they're probably single. Yeah. So when you have that demographic, and and you as a finance person talk about dating. I think a lot of people relate to it because we've all been through it. Yeah. And it's just something that people want to work on and overcome. And I think not a lot of people are talking about it. Or if they do, they take a very, uh, you know, extremist stance on it. And it seems like you either have the people who just say, oh, no, don't worry, just be yourself. And then you have the other people just like to what to me seems like just trash talking other genders and just like categorizing them. It's just... It's weird, but I think because there's not a lot in the middle, it's just like that's what people ha- that that's their options. It's either like I don't to be myself, but that's not working, or oh, it's all of these things and it's their fault, and you know I need to yeah. act. It's it's so bad. It's yeah. really it's really toxic, in my opinion. That that extreme and that's it's just, and that's going on. It seems like a lot of it's on on TikTok. And based on their algorithms, like you watch one of those videos, it's like, oh, I'm going to keep recommending those videos. And then it drills yeah. it in and like, oh, they're bad. I have, they're, a, yeah. I have a best friend, uh, Neville. Uh, he runs a copywriting course business online. And I've loved his, the way he, he approaches life kind of like Homer Simpson. Mm. He's just like, oh, donut. That's yeah. nice. He's just so fucking happy <laughs> yeah. all the time. And I think because yeah. I'm like a neurotic Jew and I'm like, ah, how do we, how does it, you know, what, what, it's like, and I just like that he's just more at peace with everything and his yeah. dating approach, which I really admired. He's like, by 2023, I want to be at a place where I'm having a kid or with someone to have a kid. And as he approached his dating, it wasn't so stressful like mine is. Mm. And the stress is all internal. No one made me stressful. It's all inside. And I think that's for a lot of us. It's like this inside, these inside voices. And uh, his was like, I'm just going to go and have fun meeting interesting people. Yeah. Um, I think now I'm finally recognizing like how nice that is. And then, yeah, just find a person you want to keep interacting with and that'll lead to having kids and and being committed. Yeah. Would you say a lot of the stress is what drives you to accomplish so much? I think, I don't, I think some of the the most successful people are generally the most dissatisfied is what my observation has been. Because Neville, as an example of it, has like a six figure business. He makes like probably 100, 200K, which is a lot, I think a lot of money. And he's just happy with that. And it's just very hard for me to do that. It's very, I think that one of the most challenging things in business is how do you be happy with what you have and have a desire for more? Because if you don't have a desire for more, you're going to stay where you are, which is okay, and you'll be good. But then you're like, well, I also want to evolve and progress. But what is it that's in you that wants to achieve so much? Uh, is it just high ambition? You know what's is funny? Like when values you, instilled by your parents? You ever hang out with your parents and you're like, oh, I fucking see where I get it from? Yeah. You ever do that? Yeah. Or is it the opposite? Probably the opposite. Uh, I don't want to say the opposite. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I call my mom and she's like, what? Okay, I'm going to the gym now. Okay, I I cleaned the oven for three hours. Okay, da-da-da. And she's like, Noah, I don't know how you're, you always are so busy. I'm like, mom, you literally haven't stopped all day. And I think there's a little bit of like just being around her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just kind of like, I don't know, I guess I've always been like, I want to progress. But one thing I think is fascinating about money making, and I'm guessing this is, is, I'm assuming it's true for you, is that you get to a point where the money just, for me, doesn't really, I don't care. Like if we sell, like we probably, I think two days ago we had a $300,000 day. Today's probably like $200,000 day. Like 
that's fucking a lot of money. I think that's crazy. But it doesn't do, that doesn't like, my no chubby, no nothing, right? But if we like do a cool new marketing initiative or do a new product or we like relaunch something for the website, launch something, that excites me. Hmm. And so it's just interesting about like what the motivators are. For me, it's just progress. I guess I just like doing cool new things. Hmm. For the business itself, I know a lot of people through their like entrepreneurial journey, they can make these micro decisions or little tweaks that can then skyrocket the business. Were there any changes that you made with AppSumo in itself? Uh, for example, maybe like changing one marketing campaign or yeah. hiring on one person or something like that, that really just took the business to another level. Yeah, What one thing that's fascinating is that there's been two CEOs, right? So I started the company 12 years ago. We brought this guy on Eamon and Eamon is just like Mr. Consistent. He's not Mr. Shiny Object. He didn't mm. do, he doesn't like, he's just like, oh, this is working. Let's just keep doing it. And that, that went from 4 million to about 50 million in revenue just from him doing that. Mm. Um, and so I think there's something that gets missed out on about boringness. Like boring is sexy. Like I read this article about um, these guys boating across America. I love Wall Street Journal Saturdays is phenomenal. Mm. It's free. I highly recommend it. And uh, the, their trainer said, if you, I want you to train without music. I want you to train without any stimulation. Just get, get used to being bored. And if you can get good at that, when you're doing the ocean or anything, it's going to be easy for you. Mm. I think Eamon has done an excellent job at being boring. <laughs> like he's like, ads work, let's keep doing ads. Email marketing's mm. work, keep doing email marketing. And I do think my nature, even at AppSumo, like I've been back a year, I was like, oh, marketplace, we can let anyone list. Let's get 6,000. So we went from 600 to 6,000. Mm. Eamon would have gone from 600 to 1,000. There's different ways of approaching how to execute a business. Maybe we'll get to the same destination. But now I think it's just figuring out what that balance is of like shiny new shit and also just doing what fucking works and keep doing that. Uh, in terms of inflection points in the business, I think there's a key, a few key moments. Number one, we did a giveaway. So I, I think one of the best ways to get business ideas is look at total fucking random industries. So I was like reading a women's magazine and I was just, I don't know, it's also cool to read women's magazines. And in the back of the women's magazine had like a kitchen giveaway. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We should do a giveaway for AppSumo. And then my business partner was like, oh, what if we built software for it? And so we did a Dropbox for life giveaway. Because I was like, that's, that's fucking sweet. great. That's, that's crazy. Great. Yeah, yeah. We're, and we're still unlimited paying Unlimited storage? Uh, I don't know if it's unlimited. Okay. It's like, but still, that couldn't be that so. costly. Like, so that's what, the thing. We yeah. got to 250,000 subscribers wow. in a week. And that definitely is probably eight figures. I don't know about profit, but eight figures of revenue over the past seven, eight years. So that was a That's major, a great giveaway. Wow. That, well, the way, one of our, we have two business, we have a, and I think every business should get this. This is something, uh, we have a thing called a, a mom. Master Operating Manual. Mm. And it's basically, what are the principles for how we operate as a business? So one of them is test and invest. And so test and invest is we basically launched this giveaway and we're like, oh shit, this fucking exploded. So then our second operating principle is double down. So we did a giveaway for life for the next like six months. Evernote for life, Photoshop for life, Netflix for life, and we're still paying for them. I'm really hoping these people die. Do you know like, how much they <laughs> I know so I can say that. Like, uh, I would hope they die yeah. soon. But no, we're, I, how much does it cost to give someone something actually, for life? Well, uh, so the thing that's interesting is if most people only live to around 80, mm -hmm. right? So they, they're going to have, it's non-transferable. So they'll have 60 years, $100 a, a year for Dropbox for life. So is that 6,000? Yeah. But those giveaways did millions. So if you just look at your economics, these things, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, they could live until 150. It still makes sense. I hope right. not. Uh, oh, well, yeah, yeah. They yeah. can live to 100. Yes. Uh, uh, 151, <laughs> not, to, yeah, not 151. <laughs> no, but then so, um, so that was a major inflection point. Uh, taking products that we built internally, like the giveaway, and then selling them externally. So we took that and made it King Sumo, SendFox's emails, tools we were using, sell that externally, SendFox, Sumo.com was externally. Uh, that definitely changed trajectory in terms of revenue and then new exposure. Mm -hmm. um, going from, I think one of the things that everyone needs to do is like a one minute business model. Like look at your unit economics. So when we started AppSumo, when I started it, it was bundles of software. So it'd be like MailChimp, um, 
Meister Task, uh, Rescue Time, whatever, uh, Evernote. And it was $25 for all five tools, which is an insane deal. It was such a good deal. And then one day, uh, Andrew Chen is one of my best friends and he's an advisor of the company. He's like, let's look at the unit economics of like, it's five deals, this price. What if you just made it singular? like one deal only, which now is obvious, mm. but he just showed the economics of it. And I was like, oh, so when we went from five to one a day, five five bundles to just singular deals, uh, new new curve. When we started doing ads, new curve, and new ads when there's no one else doing it. So when we did Facebook newsfeed ads and no one else was doing it, major mm. curve. Um, there's been some of the other ones. Email marketing, I think is probably the most underutilized thing for every business out there, offline and online businesses. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that's something we did very early. I didn't do it for the first few months, once we started collecting emails, trajectory of the business changed. Mm-hmm. In the past few years, a lot of this the stuff, um, it's not major like deltas. It's, it hasn't been major like major changes. What are the biggest challenges right now for AppSumer? Are the one biggest challenge that you guys face? Probably how to have consistent growth, right? Like I don't know if we know our inputs that are actually going to affect the ultimate output of the business. Like is it sure. like is it more customers? How do we get more customers? And mm-hmm. I don't think we know how to really control our input dials. Hmm. Like we're, to grow, like to grow your channel, you probably just put more videos out. Like yep. to grow our YouTube channel, it's like we're gonna do three videos a month. The videos are gonna be this, and it works. And I think with AppSumo, we're at a point where uh, how many people want to buy startup software? How many are agencies or freelancers or contractors? How many are out there that don't know about us? All right, how much more? How do we reach them? Is there more of them? And then just really trying to understand that. Do you guys buy ads on like Fiverr and stuff like that? I haven't bought any. Can you buy ads on Fiverr? Probably. You could pay enough to get a banner there, but I feel like that would be the perfect place to. You know, I don't know. Maybe we're here at a deal. You know what? Probably a freelancers. Probably a Graham Stephan sponsorship would be. No, it's uh, probably going to change the trajectory of our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably, I mean, this is probably way down. better than yeah. <laughs> you lose subscribers. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I mean, there's different things yeah. that are. Uh, I would say, I don't know. I'd say right now the two major things that I think we can fix or get better at is number one, like where we're trying to go in the next few years. Mm-hmm. So we've only ever had like one year plans. Like where are you going to try to be in this year? What's like Mark? What's our number one target? Yeah. X amount of revenue. And so the team was basically asking me like, where are we going in the future? Where's this all going? And so then I've spent this quarter basically putting that together. And so I think, I think that'll help us. That's definitely been one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then secondly is the leadership team. The people like we talked about Facebook early on, the people that were helping us get to this point are great, but they've never run a sales team of 30 plus people. They've never run an, an, an engineering team of 15 plus people or like I don't know, a support team of like 20 people. And so you have to start finding people that have, have taken it past that scale. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the second biggest challenge, which is like, how do you find like a chief revenue officer? I've never heard of this role, but this is like a major role at like a lot of new tech companies or chief business officer. So they manage the sales and marketing orgs. They roll up to them. I never heard of that. So now I think filling out the leadership team on some of these gaps, marketing, we had a people issue. Uh, we had people, uh, chief people officer come in and then finding this chief revenue officer. Let's say the average person right here watching this has just a random idea for a business. Yeah. What are the first steps just to test it out to see if it's going to work out? Not they don't already have like anything successful or they're not making money. They just have yeah. an idea. Let's let's just do a real one. So like what? How did you, like this coffee? You're selling yeah. coffee now. Bankroll coffee. Bankroll now for sale at bankrollcoffee.com. How is it, by the way? Pretty good. You try the bankroll coffee. Yeah, it tastes yeah, good. It tastes coffee. like coffee. Good. Yeah. So let's say you have a coffee business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What most people do, like what you probably did, did you sell any of it before you made it? Probably not. No. Okay. So what but did I, did, I taste tested it. You taste tested yeah. it. And so how long did you go from idea to actually making your first sale? Uh, oh gosh, probably about six months. Yeah. So, and then how much did you have to invest in like taste? Did you have to invest anything? Uh, I think it was, I don't know offhand, it was under $10,000 uh, split between two people, I think. So like six, six grand for me. Okay. 
Yeah. And so the way I like to approach it, basically call it Million Dollar Weekend, it's the, the book I'm working on, and it's the formula that I've used at AppSumo and other companies, is like, how could you have done it in 48 hours? And so the idea, you're like, well, I can't make coffee. I have to go taste it. But right. what you could have done is seen, is there a demand for what you're trying to sell? So you could have emailed your audience, posted on the community tab, posted on Instagram, and seen if you could actually get buyers for it. Yeah. See, And then if they get buyers for it, you're like, hey, this coffee is going to taste just like coffee. Like, that's my whole shtick. And see if you can actually get people to buy from you. Yeah. And if you can, now the six months you're spending, you know you have guaranteed customers. And so I think most people do what yeah. you do, which is the opposite way, which is not, you can get to the same destination, but I've always been, I don't want to spend any money. I don't want to waste any time. And I want to figure out, is this something people actually want? Because I've done the other way yeah. where I spent six months building a site called bettercade.com. It was sports betting. We launched it. No one wanted it. I built a thing for Disney for three months, mm-hmm. finally had it for them. They didn't want it. And I was like, there's gotta be another way to do this. So I always try to get people to, how do you do a pre-sell? How do you do validation? How do you ask people if they actually want to buy it and give you dinero, cash, Venmo, PayPal, cash app, whatever. And then from there, then you go build a product out. So this can this can go literally for any business. Like mm-hmm. doing watches, same thing. Can you, because what people do, if you can't get three customers is what my target is within 48 hours, it's only going to get fucking harder. So, so like if three? Yeah, I think three is the right number. Because one, it? yeah. Okay. But it can't be like your family and friends, right? It can be, it should be family and friends. Oh. Because what are they going to be biased and say, oh, yes, honey, I'm going to go and buy that. Have, you have you have a family? Yeah. You have like parents probably? Yeah. Have they bought your coffee? Uh, no, I just give it to them for free. Okay. Yeah. But then did you ask them to buy it at all or any? No. But my uh, mine is skewed because I know whatever I put reasonably out there, people are going to buy it. Is it selling to your expectations? Yes, but it's very low ROI to the point where I don't really push it. It's, it, it's more so meant to be a background that maybe one day could be something, but uh, you know we sell at our cost, basically. And it's great branding, and people like it. Do you if have, I could only talk about five things in a week, I'm gonna talk about the things usually that tend to be more profitable, and this has a lot of repeat business. So everyone that, basically, one out of every two people who buys Bankroll Coffee for the first time will reorder on their own without being prompted at all. Yeah. How much money would you say you spend on an average month? These are for the viewers out there just to peak their, you know, uh, their interest is probably peaked on this, right? You got to scratch the itch. Yeah. What does a, a person like you spend per month? You know, so let me just look it up. Let's do really. Well, I'm just going to look up my credit card bill. I think my credit card bill alone is around 30,000 a month lately. And that's personal expenses. I'll, I'll that's probably. personal with some of our YouTube channel. Okay. Personal is probably this month. I think it's like 2025. Mm-hmm. I just bought a new bike. Oh, cool. uh, Wait, I bought 20, a twenty five thousand. Yeah. Oh, um, bought a new like uh, specialized bicycle recently. I've been into pinball machines. Oh, those are <laughs> dude, neat, dude. It's super cool. It's a yeah. very power move to have a pinball machine. So I think my credit card bill is somewhere between ten and twenty k. So I just paid off a little bit of it. So right now it's ten. What limit do they give you? Uh, this is just a personal one. So I think it's like twelve thousand. And what card do they give you? I use a Sapphire card for my personal. Cool. The business stuff is separate, and then my like my, my I have a house, my house is about two and a half million. So the mortgage, I don't know, it's like twelve thousand mm-hmm. all in. Oh no, with property tax, probably a little more. Yeah, somewhere between like fifteen to thirty thousand a month. Okay. I don't. I mean, I think what's interesting is about lifestyle inflation. So as I told you, my twenties, like I lived on couches for a year. Like I literally tried to bring a girl home, and I was like, oh, that's my sleeping bag on the floor, and then she left. She left. She left. Yeah, Zelda. You just gotta own it. Be like, I, know, I did. I did. We were. That's trying my to, sleeping bag. I, no, yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's a nice yeah. sleeping bag. I got a pillow here. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good one. I was renting a, not even renting. I was just staying at my buddy's floor. Um, but I mean, I just lived so cheap that like actually getting to enjoy the money was a. And, and I hate when people talk about this because it's like, oh, boohoo, you couldn't spend it. But it, mm-hmm. it was. It was to get to this wasn't right away. It was like I was doing two thousand a month, and then I think it kind of it goes up as your income and net worth goes mm-hmm. up. And also the reality, like I have forty more years to live, probably maybe sixty. 
And like good years of active life, probably 30. So I'm going to try to fucking use it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like even yesterday I was talking with Tynan. I want to buy a sauna. I love saunas mm-hmm. and like ice baths and shit like that. But it's like 10,000. And he's like, dude, you love that stuff. Like you're going to use it all the time. Just go get it. So I'll probably go back and get it next week. Cool. And what's the, what is your business overhead per month? <sighs> the team cost alone is 2 million. Just a the, month? J- yeah. Wow. Just There's the our team. title right there. Yeah. Okay. Title. Good. Uh, let's actually see. Or do you want to say no. what actually is more concerning? I'm happy to share at a high level is like our profit last month was 60,000, 60,000. Yeah. 60,000. That's like nothing that scares me. Meaning that like if a few deals go bad or if marketing ends up fucking up something like we could be very negative. Why was it so low that month? Because our operating principles got fucked up. So my operating principle, I use the Amazon approach at our company, yeah. which is at the end of the year, I want zero net income. And it means either we got distributions or we reinvested in ads or we bought servers. We reinvested all the money. So if you look at Amazon for years, they didn't make profit. Mm-hmm. It's because they reinvested it. So what we would normally do is that we make a fuck ton of money. And at the end of the year, there's like $3 million or $5 million left of profit. And then we give it some to the team. We always do a team trip. So like last year, past few years, we go to Costa Rica or Hawaii or wherever. And we pay for everybody, mm-hmm. all expenses paid. And then we buy all this stuff. And so basically we taper it down Q4. This year, we were trying to do it equally throughout the whole year. Oh, so every yeah. month it's zero. Not like basically Q1, 2, 3 was like make up a lot of money and then spend all of it. Now it's like every month just try to hit net zero. So we're reinvesting all of it. The problem with that is just like if anything turns like this recession hits potentially, yes. which I'm I'm trying to not worry about, trying to worry about what we can control, like it could turn all this upside down. Mm-hmm. So I want us to have basically, I want to get it to about $200,000 in net income a month. I like the Q4 approach because you want it off the books by the end of the year. 100%. I want and to pay so taxes. it's like, then you then you know how much to spend versus every month you're trying to project something that, like you say, you, you can't control a recession. You can't really control what's going to happen to the business necessarily so in terms of something outside of your control, but you can't control Q4 100%. getting down just for tax purposes. Yeah, and it just gives so. us... The other thing I'm noticing with businesses is that I don't know if people should be working at 100% capacity. Like you want to have the ability to have like fuck-ups happen, having a break. Yeah, that's your emergency fund. Yeah, yeah, and so having more of a buffer where either like we'll have to move some of the teammate costs around, reduce our marketing spend, maybe try to increase the top line, creates less pressure on the overall business. So I'm going to try to get it back up to around a quarter million a month in net income. Cool. Like cash flow, cash flow. And then where do you invest personally? Um, I don't think I've ever showed this. I'll show you guys. Oh, What's the biggest thing you've ever wasted money on? I mean, we spent a million dollars for Black Friday at AppSumo to get people to list their product in AppSumo. Like if you listed a product, we'd give yeah. you a thousand bucks. Oh, wow. And that was pretty much all... Uh, I don't think we, I think our ROI on that was maybe 50 K. Jeez. Maybe, maybe. That was my call. That was a bad decision. Um, Why do you think it failed? Because it was just like, we didn't understand the economics of how much having a product list and what the ROI is for our business to have mm. them list. Okay. I think that was number one. I don't think we tested it really well. Said our, I mean, we have principles. Doesn't mean we're great at it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I invested in a church that I lost half my money in that. There was a, they bought a church and they were turning into like a bar. And I'm like, oh, this bar, it's a popular bar in Austin. But then the bar went out of business. It's not mm. guaranteed. And then so they sold the church for half. So I lost half Yikes. my money in that. Okay. This is my personal finance sheet. All right, let's see. Dang, it's so, so vulnerable. Uh, well, this is, wow, this is incredibly thorough. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bro, we're and why, why do you not just use Mint? Because I like the intentionality of actually having to go and look at the numbers. And then I feel... I don't know. Mint just felt like it was a little lazy. I felt like I have to actually every month. So in two days on April, was it June 1st? I'll go and do this again. And I've done this every, every month for oh, I like like probably like 10 years. How you did your long-term investment investments, your risky investments, 
Yeah. Rolex, yeah. 200,000. I collect Rolexes. It's actually what it's Rolexes like, do you have? So I buy them in specific moments of my life to honor it as like a memento, but it turns out Rolex as like a, a annualized return is pretty fucking insane. Like or it, it can be. Yeah. It has over yeah. the last like probably 20, 30. It's gone up in the past few months have gone past year has gone up insane. Yeah. Um I bought it like when I got engaged. I bought this one when I became CEO. I didn't but I don't get it. So I just bought a Smurf, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get it until we hit 100 million in revenue. I bit, lately what I do now with the watches is I'll buy two or three of them and then just when some moment happens with me and a friend. So me and my friend both bought, got a house. I got like we both got bad girls. I bought I bought it for both of yeah. us. Um I thought you said bad girls. Bad girls. Yeah. No, bad <laughs> we girls. both got bad girls. Uh, got a Rolex for that. No, the Smurf. So I, I got my pilot's license, so I bought an Air King. Cool. Um, I have another one. When I get married again, <laughs> I already bought, uh, I can't, I bought Pepsis to give okay. to other friends. Sure. But the Rolex has actually held their value pretty yeah. well. Why don't you have a Daytona? I feel like that's like the, the go-to. Yeah. I bought one for Eamon, our CEO, the previous CEO. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just don't have a good reason. Do you know like make up a new reason coming on the ice coffee hour yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly well they that was like those yeah. are kind of i don't know the, the other ones all have like specific specific things like i don't know i guess the hulk was green daytona i don't know i don't have an association with it yet sure. that's cool but yeah i was basically and i, I don't mind putting it public i was basically trying to transfer crypto out and so all, some watch brokers will take crypto mm-hmm. and so that basically reduces tax liability cool. Well, that's good. I All right. think that was a yeah. great episode. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, on. Really appreciate it. Experience of like a dating, AppSumo, yeah. business, finance, a bit of everything. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'll link to your channel down below in the description. I guess we're going to be doing a video as well, so I'll link yes. to that video. Go and check that out, uh, and then thank down below in the description, you check can out also FTX guys because they're a great sponsor of this episode. Yeah, and you can also get a free stock at public. You can also check me on Instagram S E L B Y, and you can check out Noah. If you're a really single cool female, <laughs> hey, do your pitch, do it. There's one. Right, I guarantee look. there's there's one that's gonna. All right. If you here's the thing. No, no, if I, you're a single female and you have a good personality and you love life, I'm looking for someone just that's positive, excited to be alive. Hit me up on Instagram at Noah Kagan. Or if you have a friend that you think would enjoy interacting with me, any race, preferably female gender, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Noah Kagan. Holler at your boy. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. you guys. Oh, and uh, if if this works. Oh, oh we my got Daytonas. We Daytonas, Daytonas to celebrate. Daytonas. Okay. If you if you get married from someone who puts uh you know, where did you hear about me? Iced coffee hour. hundred percent. All right. So they're going for like what, thirty K each? It's like thirty K? No, uh, you're not doing you're not talking about like, well, if if you get MSRP, yeah. then maybe like fifteen. It's really tough to get. I've bought I, I bought an all of mine secondhand. Yeah. Like at Chrono. Daytona's. Yeah, but there you know what, go. dude? Fed, but you know what? Federico talks watches might be able to help us out here. Is that the guy? Yeah. Shout out him as He's, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned Federico yeah. so often on yeah. the channel because he's like our watch guy. He's the guy so you use like your plug. Yeah. yeah. There's always a guy. Yeah. Delray watch supply.com. All right. That's <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. I'll see you guys. Thank you, man.